episode of the Bureau 42 X-Files Retrospective Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we discuss X-Files Season 1, Episode 19, Shapes. Shapes originally aired on April 1st, 1994. The IMDb average user rating is 7.0, which is, again, one of the weaker episodes of the season as far as the ratings go. This episode was written by Marilyn Osborne, who wrote a grand total of one episode of the X-Files, and this one's it. It's not a terrible episode. It was directed by David Nutter, who, as I mentioned before, he is a very talented director and does a lot to get the look and the feel of the show not just reflected, but established in the series. So again, they assigned him to an episode that would be pretty challenging to do. This episode is pretty deeply rooted in Native North American mythology, specifically the myth of the Manitou, which seems to be pretty closely related to a werewolf. Again, Mulder and Scully do not appear in the teaser. The teaser begins with a couple of ranchers, Lyle and Jim Parker, defending their property against some sort of animal attack. They gun the animal down and find it's a human being. Of course, the investigation, when Mulder and Scully are there, what initially looks like a straight-up murder to cover up the rapid end to a land dispute, turns into something else, at least in Mulder's mind. So it is looking at the investigation of the possibility that he was a Manitou. It's something that Mulder's been studying for a while. And we get a little bit of contradictory information here, where he says it dates back to the first X-File, opened by J. Edgar Hoover himself in 1946, when the murders in the region started. Now, this is a bit contradictory with what we've established in Episode 3, that the X-File they had on Eugene Victor Toombs dated back to at least 1933 if not 1903. Now, he strongly implied that that was an X-File then, even though the Bureau hadn't been formed yet. So this may be a little bit of a correction saying, okay, this is the first X-File, it's 1946, and then maybe there was some sort of criminal file on Tombs that was retroactively labeled as an X-File. Either way, they're saying in this episode that that was the first X-File from 1946. David Nutter gives another strong directorial performance, establishing the look very, very clearly, especially in the latter half. It's very rare to see this much black on TV screens. In fact, he may have run into legal issues the way this was being directed, because there are legal limits into how much black can be in the transmission signal. And there is a whole lot of black in the end. Part of that may have been to cover up the makeup effects that they had to do with the limited budget and the limited production staff. As I mentioned earlier, the visual effects crew in this season had a grand total of three people. So coming up with a pretty convincing werewolf transformation would have been a challenge, and seems to have been accomplished largely in the vein of Lon Chaney Sr. from the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, where it's a lot of minimal makeup and a lot of acting contortions, and really the actor selling the fact that, yes, this transformation is occurring, this is taking place, we are going to someplace completely different. One of the things that they did do is try to keep the native rituals as authentic as possible, right down to the point of having consultants there for the cremation ceremony. But this is a nice tie to the episode. They've done their research in terms of what kind of response the FBI might get based on past history when they're entering these communities, that sort of thing. So generally speaking, it is a decent monster episode. It is the primary time that the X-Files deals with werewolves, and we get, I feel, a pretty slow start, but it ends with a very strong final sequence. Now, in terms of the guest stars, this episode does have one prominent guest star, and that of Donnelly Rhodes. This is a guy who's got IMDb credits dating all the way back to Reprisal in 1956. He was in Maverick in 1960, Cheyenne, Bonanza, Wagon Train, The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, which was the reformat of Alfred Hitchcock Presents for its final three seasons when they're going with the one-hour format. He was on Dr. Kildare, The Virginian, The Radle, The Road West, The Girl from Uncle, Ironside, It Takes a Thief, The Wild Wild West, 
He was in the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid as Macon. He was on the Mission Impossible TV series for three different episodes over the span of the last few seasons. He was a Marcus Welby, MD, the new Perry Mason police story. He was in an episode of Wonder Woman, specifically a date with Doomsday. He did 37 episodes of Soap. He was on The Littlest Hobo, Report to Murphy, Magnum P.I., Taxi, Cheers, Give Me a Break, Hill Street Blues, The Hitchhiker, Double Trouble, Empty Nest, Golden Girls, Airwolf, Danger Bay for 122 episodes. Street Legal, The Heights, Murder, She Wrote. He was in an episode of Sliders. This isn't even his last episode of The X-Files. We're going to see more from him later on. After X-Files, he did The Outer Limits, The Viper, Millennium, Life as We Know It, 91 episodes of Da Vinci's Inquest. He guest started an episode of Supernatural, an episode of Psych, an episode of The L World, an episode of Smallville. But the series that most Bureau 42 followers would probably know him from would be Battlestar Galactica. This is the rebooted series. He was Dr. Sherman Cottle. Since then, he was also Grandpa Flynn in Tron Legacy. So he definitely has a lot of credits to his name, 142 different titles on the IMDb listings. And he plays the older rancher. It's a pretty nice turn. So we get a really good feel for what his goal is, how it works. If anything, the big limitation of this episode is that it's really easy to get a feel for where it is and where it's going. It's got quite the assortment of cliches going on. So as I said, the final sequence is still suspenseful, but everything before that to me feels pretty slow because you can pretty much predict each beat for where it's going to go. It's a lot of the same formula that you see in a lot of the classic monster movies from the 1950s and 1960s. So it's a decent enough episode, but apart from the final cinematography, there's nothing that particularly stands out to me. That's going to change a little bit in our next episode as we get into Darkness Falls. Intro and outro music is by Lastwell, created under the Creative Commons license. All other content, copyright 2014, Bureau 42. Please feel free to send any comments and feedback to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com or leave us a review on iTunes.